Nothing But Net NBA podcast. Featuring Jamie, Mike, and Steve. And we are live here with another episode on the Nothing But Net podcast. We are now two weeks into the NBA season in which we have finally started a new era of basketball, the in-season tournament Friday night. We had a lot of fun games. It was super close, super competitive, extremely fun, I thought. Yeah, the courts are a little weird. They're a little interesting, but I still think we got a lot of really, really good basketball that evening. And uh, I think it meant something that we got to play competitive basketball in the first or, or the sorry the second week of the nba so i thought it was super fun can't wait to see where this progresses mike how you doing welcome back you were with us for the harden episode but you did miss our weekly episode glad you're feeling better how you feeling my guy yeah definitely feeling better it is good to be back on the the weekly pod here um but you're right the emergency podcast yeah jumped on for that one but yeah a lot to discuss with the in-season stuff um in-season tournament i should say uh some good games some players that need to get talked about probably in a positive light some players that might need to get talked about in a negative light so we're off to the races as usual so i'm looking forward to it dr j how you feeling my dude i'm good how are you guys doing all is well all is well nice nice yeah new era of basketball like you like uh, you've um said uh, new era of basketball with this in-season tournament um i think it was a su- success first uh first run at it yeah for sure i agree with you there but also a new era of basketball in clipperland jamie where you were not with us for the emergency podcast i just kind of want to get your initial thoughts here james harden obviously gets traded to the clippers happened uh last monday evening uh very early in the morning i guess it would probably be tuesday now maybe monday i don't know it's hard to it's hard to keep up but it was either monday or tuesday very very early in the morning jamie what were your initial thoughts for the Clippers? What are your initial thoughts for the Sixers? Did both teams win? Did neither team win? What are your thoughts? Um, I mean, it's going to sound um, kind of boring, but I kind of agree with your guys' take on it. It's it's tough to say if anybody really won. Um, the Harden deal needed to happen um, with all the animosity toward Daryl Morey and you know him calling him uh, Harden, calling him a liar. And, uh, apparently, they haven't spoke in you know since then. Um, it seems like this may be his last chance on getting a long-term deal, um, as far as James Harden, in my opinion. Um, I'm anxious to see how he's going to fit with uh, this current roster. Definitely not a fan of him calling himself a system. Um, maybe in, in Houston a few few years back when he was on his tear, but he's not the same player, um, in my opinion. And he shouldn't think of himself as a system. He needs to fit um, into what the Clippers are trying to do, and that's win a championship. And that's something that Harden hasn't really been close to. Um, yes, uh, Western Conference Finals is is great, but um, he he hasn't been to the finals yet, so I don't know how how he can um, think of himself as as a system. Um, like I said. Years ago, yes, but he's a different player now. And also, you know, him and Russell Westbrook together for the third time. Um, one of them is going to come off the bench. I'm thinking it's Westbrook. And Westbrook apparently is the leader of that locker room. And he will do what it takes to win. Um, 
But I mean, when it's all said and done, they have four Hall of Famers, so I'm sure they'll figure it out. And uh, the deal the Sixers made, they had to make it because of, like I said, because of all the the shit that was was uh, surrounding Harden and the team. Um, they got back a decent haul, but I don't know if it's it's good enough to put them, you know, in the same spot they were last year's contenders. Um, Joel Embiid is is one of the best players in the world, so it helps when you have him in the emergence of Tyrese Maxey, obviously. Uh, but I, you know, all in all, I don't know who who won or lost this trade. It seems just kind of eh to me, if uh, if that's okay to say. Yeah, no, I think that's kind of where I was. I've I've talked myself into both sides, though. I think obviously seeing the play of the 76ers develop, I mean, um, I think you can clearly see that this team's still going to be very good. Just Joel Embiid is, has the highest usage in the NBA right now. Um, and I kind of talked about it last time. You know, you kind of can really see the path for him winning MVP yet again, uh, really starting to come clear here. I know, uh, I mean, the, the big three, right? The Tatum, the Jokic, and the uh, Luka are obviously still going to be the clear favorites. But if Embiid can put this team in a two-seed, one-seed spot in the Eastern Conference, which one seed does seem a little far-fetched, but the, I mean, the two seed seems like it could be wide open here with a slow start to the Milwaukee Bucks. Um, if Joel Embiid's able to do that and carry that through uh, to the All-Star break, they're able to add, bring in another piece who can come in and really contribute and help that team win games. I think we could be sitting in the same position where we're not really sold on it. And then after the All-Star break, Embiid keeps this team up. Uh, they get a piece to come in and they can kind of go on that run. Um, but I did like what Joel Embiid had to say about the James Harden comments. I think that it kind of went under the scope a little bit. But he said, um, what more did he want? Like you averaged 21 and 11 or 20 and 11 or no, sorry, 21 and 11 last year. How much more do you want? Like what like kind of role is he kind of expecting? Because if he's going to kind of go into the Clippers expecting to be the guy that he was in Houston, I just don't think that's really feasible. So I, I really uh, appreciated what um, Joel Embiid had to say there. and. It was. It's been a weird week. It's gonna get really weird seeing James Harden with the Clippers, but I do kind of like the fit. Like maybe I was kind of talking about PG kind of having to play out the ball. I kind of like that for PG in a sense too. I mean, I I like him having a little more usage, um, but I just have to be a little worried. Is James Harden gonna be okay? Only averaging 16, 17, 18 points in eight, nine, ten assists. He will be their best passer. The um, Clippers haven't had a point guard like James Harden if he wants to come in and be the guy that he was uh, when he played for the 76ers where he's kind of the pass first guy. I think that could be really beneficial to this team. But if he's going to come in and try to be the old Houston James Harden guy, uh, there's got to be some concern. Mike, do you have any final points that you wanted to touch on this before we move into our episode? Nope, I think I'm good. Just one thing real quick. Um, I don't know. Did you guys see the... Um the interview with doc rivers on the dan patrick show when he was talking about james harden no. and basically basically saying that when he didn't get selected to the all-star game it was almost that night i think it was that night that harden called doc and basically said he wants to get more run with the second unit meaning he wants to start putting up shots and going back to that old james harden and to me, that means that he, um, it sucks to say, but he's selfish. You know what I mean? He's all worried. He's worried about himself. And hopefully, hopefully that changes with the Clippers because they do have a lot of talent. You, um, you have to be thinking that I think James Harden just felt really like, 
I don't know how to say it. Like he feels like he got robbed of being an all-star last year. I think those things kind of come up on players' minds more than maybe we think. And him not being named an all-star after having what I think I thought I thought it was an all-star season for him last year. I think uh, they were led really the good. He was he was the second best player on a great team, and he led the league in assists. So I I understand it in a sense, but also like you just like it's just how it breaks. Like um, you know, the league just kind of goes down on you. We could probably say the same thing about Trey Young. Um, but you know, it's just different situations, but we're going to get off the Clippers. We'll get off of that. I'm sure it'll come up at some point throughout here. Um, but let's move into Victor Wembayama's first superstar performance in the NBA against the Phoenix Suns, 38 points on 15 to 26 from the field, three from three of six from three, 10 boards, two dimes, a steal and two blocks and a second straight win against the Phoenix Suns. And in this superstar performance was the return of Devin Booker. Mike, give me your initial reactions as we watch Victor Wembayama really show us what this guy is capable of in the NBA. Yeah, I think his first couple games were, uh, you know, getting his feet wet, kind of, uh, you know, just soaking in like the real NBA uh, like season games, you know, we've obviously he's played preseason and whatnot, but um, you could definitely see he had way more of a comfort level um, in that game specifically. And even the game before um, the one where he just went off against the Suns, so I guess the first time uh, they played each other, uh, his first half was not very good. Um, two points with a, a monster dunk uh, in the first half. But then the second half, he really kind of brought things together. I think you said it, Steve. Um, he kind of helped close the game out for them, uh, for the Spurs. And then when they played, turned around and played Phoenix again, um, it seems like, I, I don't know, he probably picked up on some things, came out way more aggressive, uh, and really just, like I said, looked to be more comfortable, um, no hesitation, uh, pushed the, like I said, kind of pushed the issue, was aggressive. Um, his teammates give him the ball. So uh, it was really good to see. And it's really impressive. And that's a sign to come that he's picking things up really quick. Um, and if he gets comfortable, uh, you know, watch out for the league. You know, I'm not going to jump too far ahead of myself here. Um, but, yeah, that was really good to see. Really promising, I'm sure, for a lot of people. Listen, I, I mentioned this last week. And, I, you know, it's coming up in a couple group texts. The chat and the Vic um, comparisons and... Chet's better than Vic. Vic's better than Chet. Like, I think at the end of the day, what we really need to understand is that Chet is just in a much better ecosystem where he's maybe not necessarily the vocal point every night um, to where Victor Wembayama like, is the focal point. Like, he is the guy that is going to be the head of this thing. And, you know, not saying that Chet won't be or he can't be, um, but SGA just takes a lot of pressure off in. Victor Wembayama doesn't necessarily have that. I think Devin Fassell's had a nice year. Keldon Johnson's been solid. Um, but we're expecting Vic to be one of these top 10 players in NBA uh, probably more soon than later. Um, and we can kind of see, and I think as he's starting to settle in, I think this isn't, I'm not going to say he's going to do this more often, but I still think he's going to be able to do this on a more consistent level. And once he really starts to find his feet here in the NBA, listen, right now the Spurs are three and two and them getting off to this kind of start where he hasn't necessarily performed at his best. Uh, which is crazy to say because he's a rookie and he's averaging over 20 points per game. Um, I think it's I think it just keeps going up from here, and I think that's a scary note. And maybe the Spurs uh, were kind of underrated before the season, and maybe we kind of missed uh, what this team potentially could be. Jamie, your thoughts on Victor's first superstar performance? 
yeah, he uh, he officially arrived. Um, his obviously his best game thus far. He's one of he might be the youngest or the shortest time to score that many points um, as a rookie. Um, I believe I saw that stat. Um, don't hold me to it though. Um, but yeah, he's uh, they finally the Spurs team finally figured out. Hey, he's taller than everybody else, so let's find him down low. Let's just lob him the ball. If he's down there, basically, because the size difference is was crazy. Um, and not only that, I keep seeing the clip of him getting that rebound and just running down the court, um, bringing the ball up, hitting the speed boost, popping a three. Um, that's just it's it's not really fair. Um, the dude is crazy. Um, he's a phenomenal talent, and I'm uh, I'm already regretting picking Chet. Um, although Chet is having a great start to the season, um, he just Victor Wembayama's ceiling is is immense. It's great. It's phenomenal. Uh, might be the highest ceiling we have ever seen, to be honest. Um, but yeah, he arrived, and um, I'm hoping that we could see more of this. Um, I actually thought he, I didn't think he was like this capable of scoring at at the way he scores. I don't know. It's not just in the paint, although it, it, he makes it look easy in the paint because of his size. There's, I mean, there's threes, there's mid range, three level scorer, And he's not even played 10 games yet. Not to mention he's not even played 10 games, Jamie. This guy right now is currently only playing about 29 minutes yeah. a night where That's, we're going to see this mm-hmm. number jump into 34, 35, uh, maybe not this year, but that's going to be a that's going to be a thing. I mean, those are the minutes that superstars play in this league. Um, and the other thing, the lobs he's catching are just lobs you don't see every day. He's catching lobs that are being reversed. He's catching lobs that he's just tipping in. I mean, I I don't know if you guys saw the photo him next standing next to Kevin Durant. I mean, Kevin Durant is six foot ten. People, this guy just looks that much bigger. He's has the same kind of skill set in some areas as Kevin Durant. It's just ridiculous what this guy is going to be and. I know we say this all the time, but the sky really is the limit for this guy. I mean, you know, I think when we talk about ceiling, like people say some absurd stuff, especially after this performance where a lot of people were kind of like, eh, I don't know, we might just be bull bull. I think that things came up a lot. Um, but the pregame warmups where he's like dribbling two balls between his legs, switching hands, it's scary. Like it's very scary. And listen, Greg Popovich is very good at knowing how to develop these guys. Um, and so if you had to bet on Victor Wembayama, I think that's a slam dunk bet. He's going to be very good. He, the Spurs are already very good defensively when he's on the floor, not so good defensively when he's not. And I think that just shows his presence. 20.6 points per game, um, eight boards per game, 1.4 steals per game to go with 2.2 blocks. It's, uh, it's scary, man. 32% on three shooting five a game. That number is only going to keep going up. And Jamie, as you alluded to the comfort in the mid range is just proves that this guy's a true three-level score. Any final points here on Victor Wembayama or the San Antonio Spurs? I mean, going toe-to-toe with Durant and beating him back-to-back nights, one of the best in the world, and uh, it's it's scary, man. <laughs> yeah, you're uh, you're not kidding. It's it's interesting. It's I don't know, I don't know. And then having I, great Popovich to support him, oof. I'm gonna be honest. I wasn't sold. Until I maybe maybe I'm you know making a mistake in saying this, but I wasn't sold until I saw that game. I 
I know the talent and the hype and everything, but the the game that he had, 15 for 26 against a Kevin Durant-led team, yeah, they weren't fully assembled. They Devin Booker first came back, but wow, just incredible. Mike, any final comments? No, um, we kind of said it. I, I would imagine he's going to, you know, have another couple games in the near future that we're we're talking about too, as if this trajectory continues for him. So, he twenty one points spot. per game. Yeah, twenty one points per game. Does this uh, put him in the All Star conversation year one? It's definitely in the conversation. I mean, what's he averaging for boards? Eight. Yeah, I mean, twenty one and eight is very is, is two point two blocks. Yeah, I was just yeah. going to say the blocks, too. Yeah. yeah, it'll be very interesting to see how that goes. Let's roll into this new era of basketball, the in-season tournament. We Everyone's still a little confused. We're still not really sure how it's going to work. Um, but here we are. I mean, it's here. We saw some really, really good games Friday night. The courts are a little funky. Uh, I think the red courts were really hard. Mike, you can allude to this as you watch the Bulls game. Uh, the Pacers, blue court, it, the, it's just a little weird. Um, but the games were awesome. Uh, I'll start here with you, Mike, and or I'll start here with you, Jamie. What were your kind of thoughts on, on on these courts and the feel of this? Did it feel like it was a playoff atmosphere early in the season? And maybe it was because of the how close these games were. But did it just feel a little different, or do you think it was kind of like ah, it still kind of feels like a typical regular season? Um, to be honest, it felt more like a, a regular season game um games i should say other than like the court and i mean the the close games were were great and everything but i I don't know if the players you know got up more for um for the the first round of this this in-season tournament um i think there's they're on the right track. There definitely needs to be some changes but i like i like the fact that they are you know going for it Mike? Yeah, I think it was maybe somewhere in between. Like, um, I, I think the fact that there were really good games, um, you know, that first night, I think says something like, you know, if that, let's say that those are just five games that weren't in season tournament, are they that close? I don't know. But I, I think it made it um, just a little different feel for it. Um, I won't go full blown playoff game. Um, I think some of that comes with, you know, series and, you know, games, if it's a three, two series or whatever it may be. So I think we get probably more of that heightened sense of, of playoff feel more, um, as the in season tournament kind of goes on like later on in it. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think the, to start, I think it was like a good, but what I want to say, introduction to it. Like I said, the games are really good. Um, the courts are a little wonky. Um, you definitely know if you're watching an in-season tournament game. Uh, some courts are for sure better than others. But even if it's a bad court, like I like the fact that um, they're trying to do something different, gets people talking, um, you know, changes the feel of things. So, you know, overall, I think that first day was a very good experience. And I agree, Mike, you know, I, you know, I, I don't know that it had a playoff feel, but it had a different feel. Like to me, it wasn't a regular season, but you could feel there's a little difference. And um, I don't think we're going to get the full effect until later in November when we're talking about, hey, like, um, 
just speaking of the Cavs, because I can tell you their group off the top of my head. Um, hey, the Pacers need or the 76ers need to beat the Pacers and the Cavs need to beat the 76ers. And once you start building scenarios, I think that's when it will really kind of come into full effect. And I understand like a lot of people probably don't understand where the groups are. You can't name the groups off top of your head. Um, it, it's tough. Like it's very tough to kind of keep up with for right now. But I think as this builds and as scenarios really start to develop themselves, um, you're really going to start to get that feel. And I think especially when you kind of get into like that game seven feel where these uh, knockout games are game sevens, it's win or go home. And I, I really liked how Dame said, we're just trying to get to Vegas. You know, I think that's the start of the players here really starting to kind of buy in. And I'm not sure that they fully know. I'm not sure anyone really knows how this thing's going to work uh, until you get there. But I think you can see that this is kind of set up to uh, succeed in, Listen, these guys are all competitors, and once the moment starts to build, it will only add to the um, scene. Let's go over some scores that happened uh, Friday night in the in-season tournament. My Cavs lose 116-121 to uh, 121 to the Indiana Pacers. The Washington Wizards lose 114-121 to 121 to the Miami Heat. The Brooklyn Nets take down the Bulls 109-107. to 107. Levine had a good look. Uh, just tough, Mike. Um, the Warriors win on a Steph Curry layup, controversial Draymond Green grab in the rim. Uh, they win 141 to 139 over the Shayless or Shyless, uh Oklahoma City Thunder. Dallas Mavericks uh, lose 114 to 125 to the Denver Nuggets. Both superstars almost have triple doubles. Uh, and then uh, kind of a surprise, but a hell of a game if you got to go back and watch. Grizzlies go down 113 to 115 to the Portland Trail Blazers in overtime. I'll start here with you, Mike. What game kind of stood out to you, um, and how did you feel? Did I talk about the Knicks and the Bucks? I don't think I did. And then the Knicks lost to the Bucks, one hundred five to one hundred ten. Mike, what game kind of stuck out to you? What game felt was good? Yeah, I watched um, a lot of the Knicks and Bucks to start. Um, that was kind of back and forth for a little bit. Actually, I mean, definitely down uh, down the stretch in most of the game, I should say. Uh, Jalen Brunson, um, man, I really like watching him play. So that was. Uh, a fun experience. Um, I did watch 45. Yeah, some it, it was north of 40. 43 or 45. Yeah, yeah. Um, 45. That's what I mean. Hey, I mean, he's got that in the bag. I, I mean, we it's not the first time we've seen him from him, so um, dude's a baller, but yeah, the Dame had another big shot, um, down the stretch. I think him and Giannis is still in the Bucks as a whole. Like, I wouldn't hit the worry button at all, but I, I still think. A piece to them looks, um, I don't know if I want to say off, but I feel like it just needs tweaking and, and kind of, um, you know, it needs to get evened out a little. Um, they're working on that. I, you know, they'll figure it out. But I think Milwaukee still has some some work to do in that sense. Uh, watch the Bulls game. Like you said, they can, they competed, so I'm okay with that. But Levine did get a good look down the stretch right at the end. Uh, just kind of a soft take, if we're being honest. For me, anyway, um, would have liked to see more shoulder, head down, kind of really just bulldoze somebody, get to the rim. But um, so, yeah, but the the Thunder and Warriors really kind of stood out to me. I mean, there was just a lot of firepower in that game. It seemed everybody just scoring the basketball at a high and efficient clip. Um, really wasn't expecting that from the Thunder that night. Um, because that was the game, like you said. I don't think they had SGA, so Chet really stepped up. Uh, Lou Dora had a good game. Um, other members, uh, Jalen Williams, um, 
yeah, I don't know. I just was not expecting that. So that was pretty interesting to see. It's still the Warriors. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I guess I'd go with that game surprised me the most, I would, I would say. Yeah, and you talk about the Knicks and the Bucks, and I'll just kind of throw a point out real quick here not to uh, take a shot here at the Knicks. Um, the big concern for the Knicks right now, it's been a slow start, 2-4 and four to the year. Um, Julius Randle, man, 13.7 points per game, only shooting 22.5% from three, only shooting uh, – Sorry, 27% from the field. It's just been a really bad start here for Julius Randle. And if he doesn't really get this together, I'm pretty scared that the Knicks are going to take a pretty dramatic step back after a pretty solid, pretty good year here from Julius Randle last year. Jamie, uh, what game kind of st- stood out to you in this first mix of games? Yeah, there was a couple. Uh, Mike touched on it. Um, the Knicks and Bucks, uh, you know, Randle shooting 5 of 20. You just talked about his inefficiency inefficiency inefficient yeah inefficiency um that's that's kind of what you get from julius randall some games he's on some games he's off most games he's off but um uh the thing the issue with the bucks i think is exactly what happened friday night and that's that's the point guard defensive issues that's jalen brunson putting 45 on dame's head yeah he is you know one of the one of those guys that gets to his spots and is kind of um, even at his all-star level playing, he's still kind of underrated in my opinion. I love Jalen Brunson's game. Um, be honest with 10 shots. I need more than 10 shots. From, uh, the good thing is about the Bucks, um, him and Dame, Giannis and Dame um, collectively shot uh, around – Around 20 free throws, probably more than that. Um, if I'm bringing it up right now, they're so they're getting to the free throw line, which is good. But Giannis has to take more than 10 shots to me, um, especially when Brooke Lopez is four or 15 from the floor. Um, and also, um, I don't mean to copycat, but I mean the Warriors and OKC. What a, a show that was! That was offensive, you know, just firepower. Uh, everybody was making shots. Everybody was scoring. Um, not much defense being played, which is an issue. OKC kind of reminds me of the Kings from last year. They can score with anybody, but um, the defensive issues might hurt them late in, uh, when they make the playoffs, if they make the playoffs, which I think they will. But without your best player and you're still putting up 139 on a Warriors team that um, you know is still very, very good, um, which is a good sign. Um, besides that, um, Nuggets Maz was fun. Um, I, I mentioned that, that game, um, earlier this week, uh, Jokic and, um, Luca going at it. Um, love watching two of the best play in the world and both, both performed as we would expect. Yeah. Nikola Jokic, (laughs) 14 of 16 from the field in that game. Just absolutely disgusting. Um, <laughs> he's, I, I mean, listen, I, I know that Tatum's having a really good year and the Boston Celtics are really good. And I understand Luca's going crazy again, the efficiency and just how good the Denver Nuggets are. Um, keep Nicole Jokic as the favorite to an MVP. I, I don't know that it's going to go different if things don't change. And, uh, Jamal Murray did go down and Jamie, you'll mention that here in a minute, but, um, Oh, I don't know, man. It's, uh, 
the Denver Nuggets are the Denver Nuggets. It's just looking like a, a machine that's well, well oiled and just steady running. And I think they're obviously just going to keep continuing to create so many problems for the NBA as there's still just not a lot of teams that really know what to do with this yet. Um, we were worried about them losing Bruce Brown and Jeff Green. Um, and yet they just still have not lost a step. Uh, the Cavs, the Cavs are the Cavs, man. First game where they got everyone back, didn't look good. Uh, took some time. They were down early, made a nice run in the second half. Uh, blew, blew it um, up four with a chance to go up again. Uh, just doesn't happen. It's, it's been a tough year for them. The injuries continue to pile. And uh, listen, the Blazers, I you know, they're on a three-game win streak. I'll just mention these guys real quick. A guy that we got to shout out is Malcolm Brogdon, right? I think a lot of people thought he was just kind of a throw-in here on this Drew Holiday trade. And he's just done nothing but been a complete stud for the Portland Trail Blazers. The ultimate pros pro. Um, kind of got moved from the Pacers where he was playing good. He was playing good in Boston, uh, gets just thrown into a Drew Holiday trade and just been really good here for the Portland Trail Blazers, just continuing to be who he is, especially when Scoot was out. Uh, he was out Friday and also was uh, Amphrey Simons, as Jamie mentioned last week, with the injury. So Malcolm Brogdon's been a really nice player here early uh, for the Portland Trail Blazers. Let's look into next week's games as we start to kind of move into our next set of games. Again, no games on Tuesday, so we won't have a Tuesday slate of in-season tournament games due to uh, some voting stuff. The NBA is very uh, vocal, wanting their people, they're wanting their players to go out and vote, and uh, you know have really opened things up. So I think that's a really good thing. Um, on, as sad as it is, is we're not going to have any NBA to watch on Tuesday, which is obviously disappointing. But they come back Wednesday here uh, with the full slate. But next Friday, we have the Hornets at the Wizards. We got the 76ers at the Pistons. We have the Nets at the Celtics. We have the Wolves at the Spurs. I think that's a I think that's a sleeper kind of game. Both teams have played well early. Uh, we have the Jazz at the Grizzlies. We have the Pelicans at the Rockets. The Clippers at the Mavericks. We're going to see James Harden. Could be really fun. Um, we have the Thunder at the Kings. Another really fun game. And then the best one of them all, in my opinion, Kevin Durant versus LeBron James in a playoffs kind of setting game uh we'll see what the uh, atmosphere is like for that we'll see if Devin Booker's back we'll see if Bradley Beal makes his debut um Jamie any of these games stand out besides Lakers Suns I think that's obviously the game that stands out but what other game what, what other one of these games that stands out to you yeah I like the 70 sisters 76ers and Pistons matchup Jalen Duran against um Joel Embiid um like to see the young fella do with the the reigning MVP, as well as you mentioned at Wolves and Spurs. Um, I think we all remember the first video kind of clip of Victor Wimbayama against Rudy Gobert. Um, I think when, when Victor was like 16, just like one-on-ones, just taking it to him when he was the defensive player of the year, three straight years, I believe. Um, so I'm um, I'm anxious to see that matchup. Um, they know each other well, apparently. Um, Pel's Rockets is kind of fun. Um, Pelicans look pretty good. Um, I know we're not allowed to talk to, about Zion until he plays a couple weeks straight, which he had, or what? What was it? He needs to play how many games? Was it ten? Twenty five. 65. Okay, then never mind. <laughs> and, yeah, I, need, uh, I need a season out of this guy. And, because listen, um, they're good again. Surprise, surprise. The Pelicans are good when he plays. Yeah, I mean, it's there's no secret the talent that they have when everybody's healthy. Uh, but we'll see if that that can remain. Um, the Clippers and Mavs 
Uh, definitely interested in that one as well. Harden should be playing. And, uh, you know, Luka's Luka. And then Kyrie. So it's, uh, it's a good slate of games, I think. Nothing crazy, but a, a good slate. And not to mention about the Mavericks, but what a pickup Grant Williams has been. The boy is just shooting the ball. He's doing mm-hmm. everything that they could have asked for him to do. He's been phenomenal for the Dallas Mavericks. He's been uh, one of the best pickups this offseason that have really helped turn that thing around over there. Been a stud. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if he can keep it up, but he's definitely making the Celtics feel a little sick for that. Um, Mike, any game stand out here to you? Yeah, I think you know a couple of the obvious ones. Um Clippers and Mavs will be fun, um, especially if Harden's playing Lakers at Suns. Again, that's going to be, I mean, anytime you get a LeBron-Kevin Durant matchup, they seem to be few and far between now. Um, yeah, that'll be a, a fun one. But you guys said it, uh, Thunder at Kings, Thunder and Kings, I think is going to be a fun one. Two young teams. Um, I don't know what the over is for that game. Uh, it's probably obviously hasn't been set yet, but... Uh, the point total, but I will probably be betting the over because that's another game that could probably each team could be pushing, you know, maybe in the one twenties, maybe even one thirties if they get after it. Um, uh, you know, we always like to see some defense, but man, a lot of people, you know, come for the offense and uh those are two teams that seem to be scoring at a, a pretty uh, high clip. So hopefully SGA is playing that. I, I don't know if it was just rest why he was out, um, because they announced it pretty early. Uh this past game, but I know Fox had an injury. So hopefully those teams are both completely healthy and we get a good show out of them. Yeah. Thunder Kings is obviously one that sticks out. I'm glad this is a Friday night slate of games. Cause I can't wait to stay up to watch all these games. Um, it's going to be good. I, I think it's a really good slate and I'm excited to see uh, what week two kind of brings in. Because again, I think the later we get into November here, you're just going to keep ramping up scenarios. And obviously, once you start adding scenarios, you start adding a little bit of pressure. And that's really where guys kind of perform or go down. And I think maybe maybe that kind of gives us an idea of what these teams are going to look like in playoff atmospheres. Um, but that's it. I mean, that's kind of it for the in-season tournament, the update, uh, what we're looking into next week. I can't wait. I can't wait. I thought it was good. And I think, again, it's only going to keep growing. And uh, again, once the app, once the scenarios kind of start playing into things, I think the atmospheres are going to grow once fans kind of understand it. Um, it's really going to start to build pressure. And I think that's what the NBA has wanted. It's going to create meaningful regular season games. And I think that's the beauty. Let's roll into our injury report with Dr. J. Yeah, so um, there's uh, nothing, nothing really too, too big here. Uh, Maxi Kleber is out um, to tonight with a with a toe injury. James Harden will make debut Monday night, um, and then Terrence Mann did not practice Saturday. hasn't played in a while uh, with an ankle injury. Um, Gabe Vincent will be out at least two weeks with a knee injury. Bradley Beal remains sidelined with um, no real. Um, information on when he's going to return with his back um, back soreness back injury and also uh, Jamal Murray with right hamstring tightness Um, keep an eye on that hopefully he you know he might be out a couple weeks here they're probably going to take it take their time with him um, especially with his injury history Uh, they need him though if they if they want to you know repeat obviously and that's it 
All righty. Thank you, Dr. J, for the injury mm-hmm. report. Uh, definitely some good things to look out for. We are now going to move into our new segment. We got the booze ballers and booze booze. Um, Mike's going to kind of go over the three players or teams that have really performed this week or uh, and then the ones that haven't. So we'll go here to you, Mike. All right. Uh, yes. Yeah, so I'm going to try to avoid being too chalk. Um each week with, you know, who's been balling, who is, deserves a boo. Um, you know, at times, probably, I, I will call out the obvious ones. So this this one to start is probably a little chalky, but uh, I'll start here with the ballers. That, if that's all right here, Steve. Um, I'm going to go to um, one of the most obvious ones, and like I said, chalk one here, but uh, Jason Tatum. And I could call out Luka, I could call out uh, Jokic, I could call out a lot of the big names, obviously. But I will go with Tatum, mainly because, um, you know, I know, Steve, you had him uh, potentially being, well, he is your pick for MVP. Um, The Celtics have looked great. They uh, are the only undefeated team, I believe, because the Nuggets did lose, if I have that correct. Yep, you're right. Um, So I think it deserves... um, you know, some credit and it's not like he's just been riding the wave of, um, you know, having good players around him and kind of underperforming Tatum's, uh, at 30 points a game, um, 9.6 rebounds, three, almost three and a half assists. Like I said, they're undefeated. Um, and it's been looked pretty convincing and it's not only him getting, uh, his points, Brown, Porzingis, and you know, on occasion, Drew Holiday have all uh, been performing well too. So that's good to see. Uh, the next one I have is uh, again another maybe obvious one, but I, I like always talking about him. Tyrese Maxey. Um, the guy is performing at an All Star level. Seventy um, Sixers lose their first game to the Bucks, but since then they've been on a win streak. Um, except, did they end up winning last night? Yes, they beat the okay, Suns yesterday. That's right, yeah. Uh, but yeah, Maxi, 26 points a game, 5 rebounds, six and a, 6.6 assists. Um, as I mentioned, 4 wins in a row. He is kind of flirting with uh, you know, 50, 40, 90 uh, as it stands right now. I know it's way, way earlier, or way, way early to be keeping track of that. But, you know, something that we can see early season. We'll see where it ends up as the weeks um, you know, continue. But he's shooting... Uh, to start here, I've lost it. Uh, 48, uh, 48 field goal percentage, 47, three, 93 free throw. So interesting and, and good stuff. And then, uh, I know we talked about him. Mike, I think Mike, we're yep. Can I just jump in real quick? Yeah. The big thing about Tyrese Maxey too, the free throws, he's shooting nearly 10 free throws a game. And I think that's something that kind of gets lost, but this depth I think is huge. And I think that's a huge reason why. Yeah, and then at a 93% clip, too. I mean, so if he's getting to the line, he's, you know, going to make it. Um, and this I, is all I without... A, oh, oh, sorry, go on, Jay. No, go, go. I was, a, I was a year early on Maxi being an all-star. I said last year he would, you know, become that second guy. Now he doesn't have a choice, and he's obviously just performing phenomenally. Is he a better number two option than James Harden with the 76ers currently right now? than Harden was last year, or do we think the passing presence of Harden meant more? I mean, uh, Max, you probably get more out of Maxi as a player, and I don't know. Yeah, and I, I feel think, like this team at the time needs more of a scoring punch with Embiid. Mm-hmm. 
Yep. When when they were all playing together, I think the Harden MB duo was was phenomenal, dude. I don't know. I don't know. It's tough. He's when James Harden bought in, they were very very good, and I I don't know if Maxi can be that type of playmaker. I mean, he's he's obviously great, and he's playing at an All Star level, but I think we forget how good Harden and Embiid were last year together. I agree. And of course, Maxi didn't get to the free throw line much yesterday. I think it was, I don't even know if he got to the free throw line yesterday. And of course that knocks him down to 5.8, but before yesterday it was about eight to nine. So my stat was a little outdated. Anyway, back to you, Mike. Uh, yeah. So Tyrese Maxi and another one, uh, just typing that in another one that uh, I think we're going to mention here again. Uh, and it's no surprise, it's Tyler Hero. I mean, what a start to the season. The Heat have been not good to start the season, for sure. I mean, their last win here is against Washington, and um, outside of that, has not been good for them. Uh, but Tyler Hero is averaging 20, almost 26 points a game, 25.8, um, 5.7 rebounds, and 5 assists. He is shooting 49% from the field, 47 from three-point land, and 88 uh, for free throws. So, um, and then even in the last, uh, the last few games, I think in the last, yeah, in the last five games, those numbers have actually been up. So in the last five games, 27, 6.4, 5.4, um, rebounds and assists respectively. So Tyler Hero is hooping. Uh, he is playing like an all-star as well. Um, you know, same thing kind of with Maxi. Uh, having some of these other players, you know, James Harden and now, um, you know, Max Struess and Gabe Vincent, having those players off those teams, I think, is allowing a little more space for, you know, Maxi Hero um, to really evolve and up their game. So it's good to see. Um, you know, you can obviously see what Tyler Hero is capable of. I think he's on a little bit of a revenge tour, revenge season since he got tossed around in so many trade talks for Dame. So um, great to see. You guys have anything on Hero? Uh, I like need Tyler Hero to play at this level because uh, the Jimmy Butler stats are very concerning. 16 points a game, and I'm shooting, I believe he's shooting like 35, 36% from the field. Could have changed last night because this was, I had this note kind of before. Um, but if Tyler Hero doesn't carry that offense, this team is in some serious trouble. And I've watched this team this week. I mentioned them. I was going to watch them. Uh, this Miami team is not the same, and I have a lot of concerns because, listen, Jimmy Butler is really good in the postseason, and that's awesome. But you got to get there first, and I'm I have my concerns for this Miami Heat team moving forward. Yeah, and I think Tyler Hero, it's uh, a little chip on his shoulder, maybe coming out. Um, a lot of trade talk in the off season, um, a lot of Dame talk, and he's coming out and saying, you know, I'm the man. I can I can lead this team. Um, but I agree with Steve 100. percent It doesn't seem it doesn't seem like a typical Miami feisty team right now. Um, I think that has a lot to do with who they lost and what Hero does offensively, defensively. It's just um, it's not great. <laughs> Yeah, no. Um, Almost a triple-double in the playing game for Tyler Hero, too. And just the, the assist numbers, I think, what really stand out for me for Tyler Hero. And I think that's a huge out part of his game that he's elevated, and uh, Miami needs that. Yeah, uh, I would full-heartedly agree with the assist thing, not just the shooter. Um, 
So yeah, those were the ballers. Um, we'll get to the booze here again. This may be kind of chalk. Uh, honorable mention, Steve. I probably should have put Julius Randall in here. Um, that's a name that I did not think of when doing this, so he can get an honorable boo. <laughs> um, but all right, probably the most obvious one here: the Grizzlies. Good lord, they do not look good. They deserve several boos. Um, you know, not having Jaw is makes sense, I guess. But I mean, to be zero and six is not good uh, for the Grizzlies, and they don't even look good. It's not like they, uh, you know, they've they're just missing out here. They do not look great at all. Um, relying on Desmond Bain to win you games is probably not going to win you many games. Um, Jaron Jackson has been performing fine, I guess, but you can just tell that they're a little out of sorts here with no jaw. So the Grizzlies get a boo. Um, Any although, guess on the who fourth leading scorer is in Memphis? Fourth? Fourth leading scorer. <laughs> I couldn't tell you that. <laughs> Zaire Marcus Williams. Smart. And, uh, <laughs> he's third. Marcus Smart's third. Jaron Jackson's second. Desmond Bain. Zaire Williams, uh, a team that just the depth is not there. It's just no. not. Um, I'll go to another team here. I promise I will not put them in every week, although I probably will want to, is the Chicago Bulls. Um, yes, they've been competing. They've looked, they've looked a little better playing-wise, um, but they're just in big trouble. Um, I don't know. They're... We, I won't spend too much time on it because whenever we talk about it, we mention the same old things. But um, they just haven't really found a way to win together um, yet. I mean, they have a couple wins, but they're, you know, I don't know. It, it's just not looking good for them. Pat Williams has been very bad. Uh, I think they are kind of seeing that now. Um I think the Bulls may, I mean, I don't think they're making it to the all-star break with their full, with the unit they have right now. Levine, DeRozan, or Vooch, someone's going, it's probably Levine. Um, I would almost go out on a, if it weren't for the in-season tournament and that being, you know, a pretty consistent thing, I would say they might not even make it to Christmas with this uh, roster. But, um, you know, I definitely think they're on their way to, uh, you know, getting traded and pieces moved. They, that's not good. I don't think there's a lot of respect between players and coaches, despite what they say. Anywho, uh, my last boo here is maybe this will surprise you guys. Maybe it won't. How about LaMelo Ball is performing very bad right now, um, <laughs> to say the least. Uh, and I know that mostly because uh, he's on my fantasy team, too, so I haven't been getting a lot of production out of him, but um, just very on lamello like numbers, uh, 14 points a game, four rebounds, eight uh, 0.6 assists, which is nice. But I mean, I think some of those numbers could be a little higher. He's shooting 29% from the field, 27% from three point land and all, almost averaging four turnovers a game. So uh, he's definitely struggled early on. Um, I think he comes around. I think he gets these numbers improve as the season go on, but Maybe he's just hitting a bad stretch. I don't know. Maybe it's getting back into the swing of things after being, you know, injured for a lot of last year. Um, but yeah, no, not good to start. So those are my three boos. And you forgot about JB Bickerstaff, but we'll we'll get into that. I was going to kick it to you. <laughs> I was going to kick it to you to see if you wanted to, but oh man, he remains off the list for now. Coaches can get the res- boos. I don't care. And anybody I respect NBA, the Bulls so- boo. I'll give you yeah, that. they're bad. I respect they're bad. it. 
It's brutal. It's brutal. They they play competitive against uh, Denver until Jamal Murray left the game. Then once Jamal Murray left the game, it wasn't good. So I don't know what it that was about. Seems, it's just like the same thing as last year. They just don't have an identity. Like they, I don't, I don't even know what they are. They don't. They don't play. have an organizer. Yeah, they don't. They don't play winning like in a winning way. Like DeRozan right. can have a good game. Levine, I don't care, but even the 50 point, I'm just saying like he can have a 30 point game, but like, we're not like, it's not in a winning fashion. I think right. Javon Carter and Tory Gregg have been good to start. Um, I personally don't think we hold on to Alex Caruso. I, like, I don't know. I think he, he might get traded too. I, I hate that. I don't think they want to, but I think depending on what they need, a lot of picks they need to they need to be open about being the worst team in the NBA this year, trade what they have to trade. And it's not even a retool or anything. I think you need like a full restart with keeping Booch. I mean, I don't know who you keep, but they're bad. I mean, like, like they'll win games. I get that, but they're, they're rough to start. Yeah. Two and five start. Um, I, I don't, and I only bring this up because of the respect that we have for him and how good he is. Uh, Lonzo Ball turned 26 last week, and he hasn't played a game since he was 22 years old. It's just gut-wrenching, man. Like, just Scary. The fact that we're really never going to see this guy play again is where it's trending. And Obviously, you hope that's not true, but, um, I mean, I, if he, obviously it's not going to play this year. Uh, we're going to be talking about four years off of bas- away from basketball. It's just devastating, man. It really is devastating for Lonzo and just how talented he is and what he could have been. And, definitely devastating for the Chicago Bulls. Um, we only got to see him play there for, I think it was what about half a season in his first year with the Bulls when, you know, the Bulls were like a clear one seed and maybe not a clear one seed, but a clear top two yeah, three seed sure. right. running away in the East. And just Do devastating. You see a, a possibility of like a Sean Livingston situation with him? No, I just think, I just yeah. have a bad feeling that we've seen, um, the last days for Lonzo. And again, I don't want to keep bringing it up. I only keep bringing it up out of respect and you know, just how truly sad it is to see someone this talented, this young, um, not be able to fulfill his potential and what he could have been. Uh, because I think a lot of people forget, man, that, that for that start with the bulls shooting over 40% and really brought this team life. One of the best, one of the best guard defenders in the league um, is gone. And when you've lost that, it's clearly shown with the bulls, what it could do. Let's roll into some Swisher dish, though, fellas. Let's go back to the positive. Let's go back to some good. Uh, we'll start with our first Swisher dish here. Uh, I'll start here with you, Mike. Swisher dish. The Timberwolves will be able to sustain a top five defense in terms of defensive rating for the whole season. Currently, they are ranked first. Uh, I will dish that. Um, you know, you have Rudy Gobert, so obviously that's uh, a very you know big driving factor in that. Um, and I'm not saying they, you know, they tank to go bottom of the league, but um, yeah, they uh, that's that's a lot to hold for a whole season. Um, and I think teams get better; uh, they figure out different coverages. Uh, players and offenses get better as the season goes on. So um, yeah, I think just kind of natural regression. So I would dish that, Jamie. I'm actually going to switch this. Um... They have a lot of talent defensively on their team. Um, McDaniels, I mean, obviously Gobert, a three-time um, defensive player of the year, and Anthony Edwards is um, a, an underrated defender, I think. Um, I think what 
the Timberwolves need is Anthony Edwards to take over. And I still don't think that's enough, but I think defensively they will be very good all year. Yeah, I'm going to switch this as well. I think this is why they made the trade for Rudy Gobert. I do think it's a year late, right? We thought they'd be better. Well, I don't know that we thought they'd be better, but we definitely thought they'd be better defensively. Um, This year, it's kind of coming to fruition. Now the offenses that they have played, Toronto, Miami, um, and Utah, all bottom three half teams in offensive uh, rating. But they did play Denver. They did hold Denver to 89. And then the other one that they played was Atlanta, who's third in offensive rating, who scored 127. Concern. Um, But this team has played better defensively. This is what we expected them to be when they got Rudy Gobert. At the very least, they'd be a really good defensive team. I think things are just starting to kind of click with uh, him and Cat, although Cat necessarily hasn't played well. which I think is kind of to be expected. It's still a little wonky, um, but the defense is really starting to kind of click. And I think that's the first step for Minnesota because this team really needs to be more defensive, especially when you give up all the assets that you gave up to go out and acquire a guy like Rudy Gobert. Um, Next uh, Swisher dish. I'll start here with you, Jamie. The 76ers will finish top three in the Eastern conference, currently ranked second off a nice little winning streak. Uh, I'm gonna switch this as well. I think I think Embiid and Maxi are the real deal. I think Embiid is probably one of, if not the hardest guy to guard in the league, one of them. Um, definitely top three. Um, he's, uh, I mean, obviously he was MVP last year. He's led the league in scoring the last two years, I believe. Um, I'm gonna switch. Mike. Yeah, tough one. Um, just think of the other team. It really comes down to if the Cavs get rolling for me or if New York uh, makes a very strong push. Um, but I even. Or the Atlanta Hawks. I'm, I'm not buying that, but uh, we'll see. That would be my trick or treat. I'm calling trick. But. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, sure. I think, you know, Jamie said it. You still are, you know, working with Embiid Maxi. Um, it's not like I, I don't think he's overperforming. I think that's where his skill level is at. He's progressed that much. Um, Tobias Harris had a nice game yesterday, too, I think. So, I, if, you know, he gets rolling as well, uh, yeah, I'll go. I'll switch it. Um, I'm skeptical. Um, I mean, I think right now the East just doesn't look good outside of the Boston Celtics. (laughs) Like no one in the East really looks good. Orlando's four and two, Atlanta's four and two. Um, But are those teams that are going to be able to uh, sustain success for a long period of time? I think what also makes me skeptical of this team, they could have beat Milwaukee in that first game on Thursday uh, a couple weeks ago. Um, But then since then it's been Toronto, Portland, Toronto, and uh, Phoenix, Phoenix without Devin Booker. And of course, Bradley Beal. Uh, it, it's, it's a little worrisome. I do think this team is still really good. I think Nick Nurse is a great coach, um, but I just feel like there's no room for air for an injury. So I'm going to dish. I think it's just going to be a little too tight. And I expect the bottom of the East right now with the Cavs, the, um, maybe not the paces, but the Cavs, I think the Hawks have obviously proved me wrong after last week, which I'm glad to see that I was a week early on kind of counting them out, but they've been, they had a phenomenal week. Um, and the Knicks and the Bucks are obviously going to start to get better. I think the Knicks are only going to get better. I think obviously the concern right now with the Milwaukee Bucks is Chris Middleton because he's like the real only wing guy that you can rely on. And 
I don't know that he's played over like 21 or 22 minutes in a game yet this year. So I'm a little concerned there. I get the concerns. Um, I'm going to dish this, though. I'm just going to say that some of these teams in the East are going to start to put things together. Um, and I don't know that there's a ton of room for error. If Joel Embiid misses a month or a couple of weeks and Tyrese Maxey misses a couple of weeks or a month, then I really think things, think things can kind of come down for them. Um, but I do want to give credit to Nick Nurse, and I, I think he's really starting to put this thing together. And I, I've always been a fan of Nick Nurse. I think they have a real opportunity to be really good. Um, but right now, I don't want to put all my eggs into that basket just yet. Top three in the East is really tough, and I know the East doesn't look good right now. I expect the, e the East to kind of climb back up. Um, Mike, Swisher Dish. The Celtics offense will break offensive efficiency ratings, and they're on pace to do so. We talked about it last year. They're the only undefeated team, uh, only undefeated team remaining. Um, we've talked about this last year with the Boston Celtics. They're kind of back on that same trajectory. Will they actually get it done this year? I was about to, before you started that question, jump in and say, I want to hear you say it. If if the 76ers are in top three, are you still you're still holding hope for the Cavs, huh? I know you've been down on. Um, I just want to I don't know that it's it. necessary. I don't know that it's necessarily the Cavs, but no, I, I don't know that Julius Randle's also going to play this bad all year either. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, so I'll, am I? Maybe I'm just like a hater or something. I I, I don't know. I, I don't. I don't think they're going to break off. It. Uh, the Celtics are going to break offensive efficiency ratings. I know they're on pace. I know we. That's that's immediately where my mind went to when you asked the first Swisher dish here about the Wolves um, holding their defense. I, I mean, I know it's not historic or anything, but like that's where I, my mind went was the last year when we were talking about the Celtics and their offenses. I don't know. I think it's just really hard to do that, you know, consistently at that level for that long, um, you know, for, for, you know, an 82 game season um, first week and a half, two weeks in sure. I, you know, they can be on pace to do so, but much as I said that offenses um, offenses get better as the year goes on, I think people kind of um, defenses improve as well. I think the first week or so, people are figuring things out a lot. Um, I say people, I guess teams are figuring things out a lot. So, you know, maybe the Celtics kind of cool off a bit. Um, I don't know. That's I mean, that's they have the caliber to do so. I will I'll, I'll give them credit, but I guess maybe I'm just hating, so I'm going to dish. Jamie. I'll I'll switch this. They look like they look like the best team in the league. Like most, I mean, we pretty much all predicted that they'd have a very good regular season. Um, I mean, they put one fifty five on Indiana on Wednesday night. That's like all star game stuff. And I mean, you they they're balanced. They're they're just very good. And it's gonna they're gonna. I'm I'm anxious to see when they're gonna lose their first game because I mean they I don't think they've played their best yet and they still have not lost yeah i think last year um i was a little skeptical of this because the shooting numbers were kind of outrageous but when i look at the shooting numbers now they're only shooting 50 percent from the field um they're only shoot i mean i say only it's still a very good number it's the third best mark in the league so i'm not trying to take anything away but they're also eighth in shooting threes at 38.9 percent um the offense to me, I think is this, these numbers sound reasonable to me. And if this is reasonable, I think that there's a definitely a path forward for them. I can't wait to see Boston kind of get into some of their bigger games and kind of what they have coming ahead. I mean, they have played the Sixers twice. They have played the Knicks twice. 
no, I'm sorry. I don't know what I'm talking about. Um, <laughs> I'm looking at the uh, preseason schedule. My apologies. Um, but no, sorry. They played the Heat. They played the Wizards. They played the Pacers. They haven't really played the elite of the elite here in the East. And I think that's my early concern. But um, I, I think this offense is sustainable. And I think it's for one reason. I think what Porzingis has brought to them on the offensive end has really brought some big spacing to the offense. Uh, probably their best uh, three-point catch-and-shoot shooter. Um, and I think that that to me is sustainable, especially when I have Jason Tatum playing at this MVP level. Um, Jalen Brown, I don't necessarily think has played his best basketball, and I think that's to come. So uh, I do think this is sustainable. I don't think these numbers are far-fetched. So if they're able to continue on this trajectory, uh, maybe get a little better, which is obviously a scary thing for the NBA. Um, I think that's going to be a big reason why they're the one seed in the East, especially when we're talking about how good they've been defensively. But this is just the offensive side. Uh, to me, good enough. I think it's sustainable. Numbers aren't realistic. Um, so with that being said, I will say it's going to happen. Switch. And the thing is, their 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 defense helps helps that number two with the amount of fast break points they get from steals and yada yada yada. So it, they're tough. Oh, did we lose Steve? I think he's he's just muted. Oh, uh, my bad. I was <laughs> muted. <laughs> oh boy. Um, yeah, no, I just went on a rant. I uh, know, but what I was saying is, yeah, their defense is seventh in the uh, rating, and then they're obviously the best net rating team. And I think net rating is the stat that a lot of people go to for this stuff. Um, this team is just really good. So we we knew that was going to happen, and it's held true. Let's go into some things that uh, maybe not we we wouldn't have expected before the season. I'll start here with you, Jamie. The Warriors will finish with a better regular season record than the Phoenix Suns. The Warriors are currently five and one. The Sun the Suns are currently two and four. Um, I'm it's I'm waiting for Bradley Beal to you know be available to see what this team will look like um, in Phoenix, but uh, I'll switch it. I think the Warriors. Steph is just. He's putting this team on his back late in games now, and he's being in. He's been clutch, so I'm gonna switch it. Um, I'm, I'm high in the Warriors uh, this year. Um, may may come back to bite me, but I'm high on them. And that's what Chris Paul like. Not even really. I mean, he's dishing the rock like as he does, but uh, I think he had one point the last game, zero for six from the field. So. He's he's seems like he's bought into the fact that he is strictly a facilitator now. Thirteen assists in that game. Um, mm-hmm. I think there's a clear three. I think a lot of people think there's a clear three for MVP right now. Luca, Tatum, Jokic. I think Steph absolutely belongs in that top four. I think it's the top four, not a top three. Mike Swisher dish. Yeah, Steph has started the season quite clearly like a man on fire. Um, so that's scary hours when you see that. Um, yeah, uh, we'll finish. They will. They will. You know what? I, I'm all. I can 100 percent see it. I, I think we definitely do need to see the Bradley Beal experience. So um, that'll be interesting. But we did just see a Phoenix team lose to Wembayama and the Spurs. So um, I know it's one game, and I know it's a long season. But the Warriors, I think, have that their system figured out more uh i don't know i i warriors can go terrible on the road i know from last year but um 
Why not? I'll contradict myself because I have the Suns going far to the finals. Um, but I'll contradict myself. Uh, I got a little more faith in the Warriors to start. So, sure. I will swish. Yeah, I think I will swish as well. Um, kind of being, right? Like, we haven't seen Bradley Beal. A, we don't know how healthy he's going to be, when he's going to be fully healthy, and when he comes back. I mean, I just think it has to change a little bit. Another point that I want to bring up about this is uh, this is Kevin Durant. Um, not saying it's just been a slow start. That's what I'll go with. Um, I think when we think of Kevin Durant, a lot of people are going to look at the raw numbers and say, oh, he's averaging 28 and seven. That's fine. All of his shooting numbers are, have been down early this year. He's shooting only 34.8% from three. He's only shooting 76.9% from the free throw line, which I think that is all like that holds true. That's a way below the average. His average, I think, is like 80-something percent um, in the NBA and 88.5%. And if these numbers don't kind of start to grow, and I understand the inefficiencies with Bradley Beal and Devin Booker not playing, and then that's obviously creating more attention. Um, But Kevin Durant's never kind of had these inefficiency numbers that I think are concerning. Only 52% from the field. A guy that we know is so good in the mid-range and getting open looks and he can make a lot of these tough shots. My concern for Kevin Durant is he's not really creating to get these open looks right now. Obviously that might, that might uh, be because of the spacing issues with not having those guys. Um, But I'm just a little concerned that this might be the kind of year where we're starting to see, Hey, Kevin Durant just might be starting to get a little old. Listen, not every guy is 35 and still in their prime. And I think we get caught into that with what LeBron is doing and I'm not even trying to compare the two but I just think we have to understand that when guys get older things get a little tougher and I think this year early in this year it's been a little tougher for Kevin Durant and maybe that's his surrounding um, but I I have concerns with what's going on in Phoenix and I'm just not sure what Bradley Beal is going to do when he comes in and how that changes all this Um, and then last Swisher dish I'll go to you Mike it was a boo baller Tyler Hero will be an all-star this year. He's currently averaging 25.8, 5.7 assists, and five rebounds per game. I will lock that in, yeah, as a swish. And I think it comes from two things. One, he needs to be that offensively you know, great for the Heat to be doing anything relevant this year. Um, they need that. You can't just rely on Jimmy in the playoffs. And then two, as I said, I think he is on a little bit of a revenge uh, tour this season. Um, I think he's been getting talked about in trades a lot for the last couple of years. I think people fell off the wagon for Tyler Hero, you know, maybe a couple seasons ago when he, uh, you know, he had an off season, we'll say. Uh, I think he's back better than ever. Um, hopefully stays healthy. So, yeah, I'll swish it. Hmm. Jamie Swisher, Dish Tyler Heroes, and All Star this year. Is it the same format as last year? They didn't change that, right? As far as no, they east did. And... It's East West. It's East West this year. Okay. Um, yeah, which I'm I guess not, the I'm players were still about it. I'm not confident about it, but I'll swish it. Um, I mean, he's off to a hot start. I think his offensive game is is very very good, and I think he can sustain these numbers. My only concern is I think obviously teams are going to start figuring out here what's going on. And I think that's the obvious, right? Um, He's the guy. I think he's very good offensively. I'm going to say Swish just because, listen, I think his name got brought up in a lot of trade rumors. He kind of felt a little disrespected. And I think he's been playing a little angry. 
uh, trying to get back that respect that he had in the NBA. And he's really taken a step. I mean, averaging 26 points per game, no matter who you are, the NBA is no joke. Um, and he's going to continue to get the looks. And like you said, Mike, ever since opening night where he kind of had a little bit of a down night, uh, he's really kind of went off the rails and had some really, really nice performances. Um, any final points before we get into what we are looking for next week that we might have missed for this past week? Um, a little uh, the KD thing. Um, I, I I agree with everything you said. I just think that right now the problem with the Suns is the, what we thought it would be, and that's the depth. And <laughs> if you don't have your three best players out there soon, it's gonna it's gonna continue because they just don't have the the the, the good enough team without those big three um, to, to rack up wins. And KD's, he's known for his efficiency and his great scoring ability. And I think he'll, he'll turn that around, but I still don't think that's enough at, at his age to carry a team without, without Booker playing even a back-to-back game and Beal hasn't played yet. So I'm anxious to see how that, how that ends up when they start, when can the, the big three like become um, become like the big three. Like, when are they going to arrive? I agree. And I mean, not saying that it's crazy or anything, but was definitely outplayed by Victor. Um, Absolutely. Victor closed them out twice in two out of three nights. Um, I, I'm just interested. We call I called out Deontay Murray last week. He went off, so bet off Kevin Durant's overs this week. So that's what I would say. Mike, any anything you want to cover here? Touch on? before we uh, move into what we're watching for next week and wrap this thing up? Uh, no, I, I think I'm good. Um, yeah, no, I'm ready to move on. All righty, Jamie, start us, uh, start us off here. What are you watching for next week? Um, I'm going to watch the, as sad as this sounds, I'm going to watch the Grizzlies and see if they can uh, get a win this week. They are... <laughs> they are playing the Heat and the Jazz. The Heat Wednesday, the Jazz Friday. I'm I'm hoping for for Memphis's sake that they can get a win, hopefully against the Jazz. I don't know the Heat. The Heat are dangerous. The Jazz, you know, have some potential, but sooner or later they need to they need to figure this out before um, they're in a hole and Jaws Jaw returns when they don't even have a chance. I hate to say it, but uh, that Dylan Brooks move is looking uh, it's looking tough. 18 points per game on 60% shooting. Mike, fuck. Fuck Dylan Brooks. <laughs> Jamie, if you want to see them that bad, if you, if you want to watch them that bad, you probably can get a pretty cheap ticket uh, to a Memphis Grizzlies game right now. I'm just saying. <laughs> that is true. Um, but yeah, I will be watching. Um, I'm going to go with the Clippers. They are playing New York on Monday. I, I saw a quote that James Harden is looking to return for that game. I'm not sure if that's been confirmed. I'm not sure if that's still up in the air. Um, so Dr. I'll, J confirmed that. Yes. Did you? Okay. Um, then yeah, look at, that's a good test for, I don't know how much he'll play. I'm sure he might be on a minutes restriction. Um, I think they, their idea is to put him in the starting lineup. Uh, so we'll see, but that's a good test. New York's usually a very defensive minded team. Um, it's in New York, so we're in Madison Square Garden. Uh, all the lights, you know, 
shine bright there. Uh, that's that to me will be a really fun game and a good test to see where kind of this Harden um, experience starts off at. So that will be what I'm looking for. Yeah, the Clippers Clippers have had a nice start to the year. It's three and two. I think they've showed their moments. We know how, what this team can be when they're fully healthy. It'll be interesting to see if that sustains. I'm going to be watching the Sacramento Kings. Um, tough night last night. They lost to Houston. They will get Houston again uh, tomorrow, Monday morning, or Monday evening, I should say. Sorry. Um, De'Aaron Fox injury is clearly, obviously, going to hurt. We know how good De'Aaron Fox is on both sides of the ball. Um, but this is a big week for the Sacramento Kings. We got Houston. Uh, we got Portland. We have the playing game against Oklahoma City. Uh, or the in- Sorry, I don't know why I keep saying playing. I keep getting playing and in-season confused here. Um, the huge Friday uh, in-season tournament game, it's Oklahoma City's second game. We'll see if they can adjust and see if Shea is back. And then the Cavs on uh, next Sunday. So I think this is a good grouping of games here for the Sac- or, yeah, the Sacramento Kings. And uh, they need to figure this out because you do not want to put yourself in a hole here in the Western Conference. The Western Conference is so good. If you put yourself in a hole, it's going to be tough to get yourself out of the play-in situation and get yourself into a top six seed. Uh, So I think it's a critical week for the Kings to kind of keep this thing afloat until their superstar De'Aaron Fox returns. Um, All righty, fellas. Well, let's get on out of here. Jamie, start us off. Yes, sir. Um, You know, another... Uh, this week is another great slate of games this week. And uh, again, appreciate the, the listens, the feedback, everything. And um, until next time, peace out. Mike. Yep, appreciate all the support you guys give us each week. Um, the NBA is off to a good start. Uh, Jamie said it, another good slate of games this week. We'll keep an eye on the, the in-season tournament stuff. Um, see what kind of turns that takes and you know we'll cover the week as it comes so we'll see you next time mike and jamie appreciate both of you guys for what you do appreciate our listeners our followers our supporters you guys have been the best you guys show the continued support every week can't thank you guys enough um third week of the nba is uh is here it's the nba you know we're starting to kind of really get into uh, a rhythm here. We're starting to figure out who's who, what's what. We're kind of getting some surprises. We're getting some disappointments. That's the beauty of the NBA. We're going to be in our second week of the in-season tournament. Again, I think the more scenarios that come to fruition, obviously we'll continue to build more pressure. After this week, we'll have two in-season tournament nights a week. So I think that's obviously exciting. I can't wait to see where this NBA season continues to go. It doesn't look like we have any big trades or anything crazy happening here on the horizon, which means something probably will. Um, but with that being said, I think, you know, we're starting to figure out who's who and what's what, and we're starting to really get into that rhythm of the NBA season. It's on pace to be a great one, and I can't wait to see how it goes out, and I can't wait to be here with you guys next week to cover it. Until then, peace out. Thank you for listening to the Nothing But Net NBA podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Nothing but net.